Welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I'm Trevor Maxwell. I'm a stage four colon cancer survivor, and I've got a message for other men. You don't have to go through this alone. What does it mean to man up to cancer? It means reaching out instead of isolating. It means having the courage to accept help along the way. To me, manning up isn't just about being tough. It's about knowing that we're stronger and smarter as a pack than we are as lone wolves. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. We have an amazing guest today. Our guest is Tori Holt. Tori, it is so great to speak with you today. Thanks for coming by. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So Tori, along with his brother, Terrence, they are the founders of the Holt Brothers Foundation, whose mission is to help kids who have a parent facing cancer. So as a cancer patient myself with two kids who are 15 and 13, I want to say thank you. What you do is amazing. The impact that the Holt Brothers Foundation is having is amazing. I have Kellen here today. Hey, Kellen, how are you? It's a great pleasure to meet you, sir. Pleasure meeting you as well. So folks listening to this, they may know that Tori, he might have played a little football. A little I bit. think I think I've I've heard of this in the past. So right? I've been told. <laughs> a little bit. Tori is a seven-time, I believe, pro bowler. Yeah. Yes, sir. He is a Super Bowl champion. He is one of the best to ever play the wide receiver position. Uh so for you football fans in our audience, this is pretty special. Mm-hmm. Uh we're gonna talk football a little later in the show, but first we need to jump into the more important stuff in life, which is relationships, caring for those who need our help, all the things that inspired Tori and his brother to develop the Holt Brothers Foundation. This all started with your mother. Is that right? Can you tell us about that? That's correct. It started with my mom. My mom passed away uh, a lymphoma in 1996, a 10 year plus battle with the disease and, mm. uh, and then ended up taking her life in 1996. So uh, I was a sophomore at NC State. My brother was a senior in high school and my sister had um had just had her first child so she wasn't in she came out of school you know to raise her son uh, and then it was my dad who worked at Martin Marietta Rock Curry um, and then my grandmother and my aunties and my uncle so we were all were around when this was mm. going on and mm-hmm. uh, yeah man such a such a uh, such a tough time for for our family when we lost our mom because our mom was the was the cornerstone was the, was the rock of the family so when you lose that it changes. Well, first and foremost, when you hear that cancer has entered the home, it changes the dynamics of the home. Yes. And when you lose someone from cancer, it certainly changes the dynamics of everything. And I felt myself at times feeling very lonely and vulnerable. I didn't even want to go back to school. You know, I was at I was at NC State at the time, sophomore year. I didn't even want to go back to school and yeah. pursue football anymore because I was just so hurt and uh, and upset and didn't know how to deal with the trauma that I was going through. Uh, but I went back to school and, you know, the rest is history. But, yeah, my mom worked at Glen Raven Mills for years, uh, dying yarn, and and would get up in the mornings and body aching and dealt with chemo the day before and would still go to work and work. Um, just a very tough, strong woman, a great leader, a great example for myself and my brother and my sister Tasha, my brother Terrence, and mm. you know, for our family, period. So it was tough when we lost it, when we lost her. So I... Once I got to the National Football League, I, I wanted to do something to honor of her name. I wanted to make sure that she was remembered. Um, I wanted to bring light, more awareness to cancer and how it impacts and affects families and kids. And uh, we started the um, Hope Brothers Foundation, and we support young kids with a parent or guardian that's battling cancer. And we work with uh, UNC Rex. We work with Duke Raleigh. We work with Duke. We work with Alamance Regional, uh, now Moses Cone. 
Um, and we work with uh, Sightness Cancer Center in St. Charles, Missouri, where we have these programs where the kids and families can come together monthly, talk about the disease, talk about what they're going through and ways to cope and ways to get through it um, a, a lot better. It's, it's difficult in itself, but we try to present those tools for those families where they can better cope with the disease. So that's what Hope Brothers Foundation is, is all about. We've been doing it. We are celebrating Kellen and Trevor, we are celebrating 20 years of service in the community wow. with our wow. foundation this year. Uh, started it in 2000, it's 2020. So 20 years of work in the community, serving families, again, with a parent or guardian uh, that's battling cancer. That's amazing. Congratulations. And when you decided to get into this advocacy, like you, you kind of like pick this area that you want to get involved in. How did you guys pick out like we want to focus on the young people because there's so many needs in the cancer community. No How was it you picked out the, the young people? Well, I was in St. Louis and Marcy Moran, who was our community director at the time, took me to this event called Bear Essentials, where it was families, kids and parents that were dealing with cancer. And I had never been to anything like that. You know, this is this was actually my first time sitting in a room, being amongst others that dealt with the same thing that I dealt with. Now, I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in, in college anymore. I was a pro. and Right. But I was still dealing with things that I didn't didn't even realize that I was dealing with in terms of losing my mom, not really grieving, not really being able to talk about it, not really being able to share what my feelings were, what I was mm-hmm. going through. And this program called Bear Essentials, now called Kids Can allowed me an opportunity to do that. And I was sitting amongst strangers, but we were but we weren't strangers because we were all all dealing with cancer. I've all had dealt with cancer. So that's where and when I left that night, I said to Marcy, I have to I don't know what it is I gotta do or what what I can do, but I it's I have to make sure that I stay involved in this program, Bear Essentials, and one day maybe even start my own program. And from that moment on, I kept in contact with Bear Essentials. I would would visit and then I started my foundation and kids well bear essentials now kids what we call kids can was thought about and it came to life and now here we are again 20 years later and we're still um, serving the community and serving those families that are are impacted by cancer yeah that's great yeah. had she been ill for many years previous to losing her yeah I mean she dealt with it for 10 plus years you know wow. when the remission came back yeah I'm telling you my mom was that's what I was saying my mom was tough as nails so that's where we got our toughness from, was from my mom and from my dad, and she was an example. So it was nothing for me as a wide receiver to play across the middle, where it's very dangerous. It was nothing for me <laughs> to play across the middle, fearless, because I saw my mom get up every single day, go to work, come home, raise her kids, some days go to chemo, um, and still have enough energy to give us what we needed as kids. And then there were some days too where she didn't have any energy, where she couldn't give us anything. And we understood that as well. But at the same time too, we were like, well, why not? Because we didn't understand what chemo could do to the body, what radiation could do to the body, what medicines, all that stuff was doing to the body. So uh, we were totally uneducated about cancer. Well, you were also kids. And we were also kids. Now we're now way more educated about cancer and the thing that we're excited about with our foundation and the work that we're doing with the hospitals is that we're able to educate those kids about cancer, which when you're educated about something, it kind of removes some of the fears, some of the anxieties, though it's still there, but they are educated about what their parent or guardian is battling with. So the core components of the foundation now are um, kids can, as you yes. referenced, right? Yes. Um, and and then what, what else are the other components? I understand you, you do support in some way you have an affiliation with Camp Chasm. 
Yes, we have. A, we so we've been supporting Camp Kesem now for years. I don't know the exact years, but we've been supporting Camp Kesem for years. And Camp Kesem is a sleepaway camp for kids with a parent that's battling cancer, and they yeah. go away for a week. And they are amongst their peers that are dealing with the same things, same anxieties uh, that they're dealing with. And check this out: the kids camp programs are ran by college students, which is unbelievable the dynamics of watching these kids these college kids work with these young kids uh is just incredible we uh we have a uh, a chapter at nc state unc duke i mean all over the country we have these kids can chapters that are ran by college students uh, but that so it's kids can and it's camp chasm those are programs that are near and dear to us we're not uh, having to recreate the will these are programs these are initiatives that have been running uh, been going uh, for a lot of years yeah. and we just kind of plug in and help and assist where we can. But it's also an opportunity for myself and Terrence, as well as our board members and folks on our staff, to go and see uh, how cancer impacts family, how cancer impacts kids, and how kids can get through it. Uh, like a lot of foundations, things have been changed uh, for you guys this year with with COVID and, and being in quarantine and lots of events being impacted. Yeah. Um, tell the folks, first of all, your website, where to find you, and then also sort of what you're doing with, with some virtual stuff uh, this fall. HopeBrothersFoundation.com. Though we, though we um, that foundation um, email uh, address will be changed. It, eventually, we'll go to HopeBrothersFoundation.org. Yeah. Right now, it's HopeBrothersFoundation.com, okay. where you can go and learn more about uh, our initiatives and what we're doing uh, and how you can get involved in the impact that we're making in the community. Great. Uh, one of the things that I'm really excited about with our foundation, we just just last year started um, Kids Can Scholarship Fund. So as our kids, we get them when they're young, but eventually they grow and they go on and a lot of them have aspirations to go to college. And a lot of those kids need assistance because so much of the resources have been put back towards the parent trying to get them well, uh, treatments, et cetera. So our foundation, um, the last two years have given, a, I should say given away, but have mm-hmm. uh, been fortunate enough to provide about, I said we did 30,000 the first year, we did 22,000, it's about 52,000 plus odd dollars in scholarship monies that will go towards our kids can, kids that are going off to university to make sure that they get an opportunity to um do what they want to do in terms of their dreams, go to college, get a college education. So we're really excited about our Kids Can Scholarship program with Hope Brothers Foundation. This is our second year of that. But to answer your question again, I know I kind of got off of there, but HopeBrothersFoundation.com, where you can go and learn more about what we're doing. And then all of our fundraisers this year have been canceled due to the pandemic. And a lot of our fundraisers are outdoor activities. Right. Uh, A lot of big group gatherings, we call our fundraisers community fundraisers. We we encourage the community to come out and to get involved and to take ownership of the fundraiser and to make it yours, to make it their own. So this year, they've all been canceled. So in November, the month of November will be our first fundraiser of the year. And we're going to do it for the entire month. And we need your help. Listeners, we need your help Awesome. Um, in so many ways. But for awareness, obviously for resources, you know, all those good things. But we're doing a whole month and we have three initiatives that we'll be that we'll be doing. So there's a physical activity in November that you are able to do to support and raise money for the foundation. For instance, uh, push-ups, sit-ups, 40-yard dash, squats. Say, for instance, if you and, and, and Kellen want to get involved and y'all want to do 50 push-ups for a dollar. 
right? Boy, he has really overestimated. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can, so you can do 50 push-ups for a dollar, you know, dollar a push-up, raise yep. $50, and that money will go towards Hope Brothers Foundation. We'll make sure that we keep you all um, posted on That's how, how yeah. you and your listeners can get involved. Oh, and for sure. A, I mean, I'm in. There's a I don't know about Kellen. Challenge. She'll, she'll, she'll do five I'll push-ups. I'll do 25 push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. 25 push-ups for a quarter, that's all good. It all counts. It all counts. There's, yeah, an interactive, yeah. there's an interactive fundraising theme as well, and that's Team Bingo. So that's going to be fun. And you can do this all at home, right at your home. You don't have to go out and be around folks, which makes it really fun. Mm-hmm. And then we have a creative theme, which will be our tailgate challenge. So you can tailgate for your favorite team on a Saturday or a Sunday or a Thursday, whatever the case may be. Uh, or even at your daughter's or nephew's or cousin's soccer game. You know, our young folks are back on the soccer fields. So mm-hmm. whatever way you want to tailgate, you can do that. So there's three themes that we'll be doing throughout the month of November to raise money for Hope Brothers Foundation, which supports young kids with a parent or guardian that's battling cancer. Man, I will definitely share this with my in-laws who are uh, Southern Clemson fans. And because any excuse to tailgate, man, they are yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And, and with this and with everything being so virtual, you know, we, we, we're all having to get creative. And this is our first time in this space. So we are asking... Uh, folks, and we'll, we will be asking folks to get involved um, with that. You can do it with the church. You can do it with your friends. You can do it with your girlfriends, your homeboys, whatever the case may be. An easy way. We feel like an easy way to get involved with a great foundation that's supporting young kids with a parent that's battling cancer. I have really been impressed this year with seeing nonprofits and people who need to really make up that fundraising gap yeah. that they normally have kind of the the general sense of how to achieve that yeah. because it's been something obviously you've been doing it for 20 years but to see the kind of pivot that people have been able to make and honestly in some ways to a more sustainable model because of the fact that you're now creating this virtual room that even if we get to get back to a normal where you can have, you can still have this as an added on yes. bonus events that people who are not near you can support. Absolutely. No, no doubt. And that was one of the first things that we thought about when we said we're going to do this thing virtually, how the reach, you know, we can go on a national level. We can reach different geographics, as you mentioned, uh, Kellen. And we're working with this group called Walk West, and they're helping us coordinate this fundraising effort in November. So we're really excited. And as you mentioned, too, this is something that we can do. On, this can be ongoing. Right. When you think about athletes, you know, there's a lot of there are some athletes who, you know, use their success uh, from athletics to to pay something forward, to find a mm-hmm. bigger purpose. Have you seen that? Like when you look around, not just in the NFL, but in the other leagues, have you, are you impressed? Are you proud of, of some of the other folks who are doing that sort of yes. thing? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, 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 and Trevor, to be honest with you, those athletes, in my opinion, it's not being covered enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we have so many athletes, women, females and males in different sports that yeah. are doing great things for their community. Right. Doing great things for their hometowns. Uh, doing great things, obviously, for the sport. And to be so unselfish and to think outside of yourself to make sure that your community is stronger, to make sure that your community has the support and your and your backing. Um, we have tons of athletes that's doing it, and I wish that they are covered more. And it's programs like yourself yeah. that have the platform and have the reach that can bring more athletes on to tell their story 
not only what how many ducks they got or how many touchdowns mm-hmm. they got or how many goals they're making or how many strikeouts they have, how many lives that they are actually impacting and the change that they're making and the influence on our younger folks to give back as well. Because I tell my kids, I have three kids and I tell program kids, we tell them all the time, you don't have to wait until your adult years to start giving back to your community. No, yeah, You can point. do that now, whether it's through a canned good drive, whether it's doing a coat drive, whatever the case may be, you can get involved in your community. If it means something to you, and it should, you can jump in now and have a change and make a change. There's so many amazing organizations that are seeing the power of the youth currently and that youth has been kind of underestimated for so many years. No doubt about it. And when our kids are empowered, they will continue to protect the community. Right. They will continue to try to do things the right way. They will continue to encourage people uh, to get out and to get involved. So I, I, I love empowering our young folks, giving them the confidence to make an impact right now because it's a different day and age you you guys see the climate of our of mm-hmm. our country and in the mm-hmm. world we need our young folks to be empowered and to be giving back to their communities yeah yeah absolutely and so for you personally i imagine you've probably seen some kids you know some kids that your program your foundation has been able to support them and then they grow up and like yeah. do, do you see some of those <laughs> those kids who are growing up now and see like wow that's really cool that's trevor that's my favorite part of why we do what we do is to see those young folks. We, we've had kids, boys and girls alike, come in totally removed from their families, removed mm. from society, don't want to have any doings with anyone. And then they get to these programs and they're amongst their peers and they're learning and they're being empowered. And then they become and they flourish and they become these, they blossom and they become the, the talk of the town and they become <laughs> this, 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 this great dancer or this, this great athlete or this great student due to the fact that they went through the program and they're being taught or being given the confidence to express themselves, to be vulnerable and to talk about what's going on in their lives and how cancer has impacted them. So that's one of the favorite parts that I love about our program, seeing our young folks come in, some being isolated and then leaving and just flourishing. I mean, you're really teaching these kids at such a young age that they're having such a traumatic event, but you're giving them the resources to understand empathy and community and the yes. power of that. That's empathy, huge. empathy, yeah. killing mm-hmm. empathy. And, 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 and Terrence and I have no problem opening up ourselves to these kids and telling them how we feel yeah. even as adults. And then even how we felt when we were their age and it breaks the ice. And once yeah. they hear, and once they hear that, that we were vulnerable, unsure, wasn't confident in certain areas, they just open up. We, after a while, we can't even get them to stop talking. <laughs> we don't get a word in, we don't get a word in anymore. It's, yeah. it, but, it. that's, but that's exactly what we want. We want the kids to take ownership of the programs. We want them to be able to talk about what's happening to them and others and their peers so they can better be able to cope with what's going on and have the confidence to be able to stand on their own. Because as parents, there's one thing you want you want to see your kid go on and do exactly what it is that they dream of doing. So most people are going to be hearing this podcast. They're not going to be able to see you, but I am going to be posting it with your permission on YouTube because I want people to see Tori Holt's passion when he talks about this. <laughs> and it, the awesome beard. Well, I mean, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the awesome beard. beard. But, but like, so, you know, he, Tori Holt's a public figure. He's been in the public spotlight for a long time. So, so, you know, some people can get jaded over time by that, but when we talk about the impact that the foundation has and his work, it's all, he lights up. 
And, and I want people to see that because that's the sense of determination and passion. And yeah. that's, that's that jo the joy. Um, it's joy that you get in helping others. And also for you personally, being able to do this must have helped you get through yeah. you know, losing your mom at that early age, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, when I was growing up, we didn't have a program yeah. like Kids Can or Bear Central. So we didn't have anywhere to go. And fortunately for myself and my brother and my sister, we had sports. We had mm. school. So we had a we had somewhere to go and to to, to get it out. And for me, yes. I unleashed yes. it on guys yes. that I played against. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but thankful that we had it. But now these kids now have this program. They have athletics, they have arts, they have advisors, um, folks that are helping them get yeah. through this. And we just want to make sure that they're getting the education, getting the information that, that can help them and, and that they can use. And you know, there's a ton of information out here about cancer that's not all the way true. So we're also talking to them too about where they go to get their information. Yeah. And that's where we come in as a foundation where we are able to provide the right information, the right tools and resources for these kids and the parents to be able to cope with this a lot better. And it's interesting to see when we have our programs, the kids go off, have our monthly program meetings. The kids go off to their area and they talk. The parents go off to their areas and they have their conversations and then they come back together and they're able to talk about things that are working in their home, things that are not working in a home. Maybe try this, maybe take this away, maybe not do this. So it's so, it's so cool to see those parents talking and pulling from one another and then to see those kids also talking and pulling for one another and they can also they can you know come together and use what's good practices for them to better deal with it. Tori that is such a important point. You know, as a parent, so I've I was diagnosed two and a half years ago with stage 4 colon cancer and and mm. I was 41 and my daughters wow. were 12 and 10 and and my wife and I, you know, complete shock and it's like you don't, you don't get the guidebook. Like you don't get the nope. package in the mail. That's like, nope. Hey, th this is how you do this. This is how you talk to your kids. And <laughs> you know, you just wing it and you do the best you can and you make mistakes and you, you and then, and you have successes, but it, it can feel really, it's hard, man. It's it really hard to raise kids when you're, when you're impacted by a life threatening disease. And, and, and so to have other parents that you can connect with. Yeah. For me, being able to connect with other people going through it, other parents who have kids around that same age, like that's and have your kids such have, a gift. Have peers that they and so have, you, right. you know that they're getting what you're getting, and to know that yeah. My, yeah, and to know that my kids have you know peers that are going through that same thing. That sense of comfort and and community is just and like you said, there aren't that many organizations doing that, and it's kind of a new thing. Like back a generation ago, people weren't really talking about no, what are the what do all. the kids need and what do the parents need, yeah. and and so you're really you know you are really pushing forward on that. That's awesome. Uh, our facilitators, my head goes, I, I, I can't thank them enough. And we hold Zoom meetings with all of our facilitators at the hospitals. And I, I probably spend 10, 15 minutes just saying thank you and letting them know how much I appreciate what they're doing to sacrifice their time to come and work with these kids and these families going through it. And then, as you mentioned, the postpart of, of the disease. It's very challenging, but our facilitators do a fantastic job of making sure that our programs are ran. And another thing that I, I wanted to mention too, with our programs, we take our kids, we talk to our kids about chemo, mm -hmm. and we also have taken them through the radiation labs. So they can actually see exactly what's happening. What When mom and dad said they're going away to get treated, this is where they're going. This is what's happening. 
right. and it allows them to be a little bit more in control yeah. and have a better understanding of how to deal with mom or dad when they come home from those radiation treatments or those, from those chemo treatments, right? Yeah. Because I, I remember when my mom would come home, I, I remember rubbing her temples because she liked that a lot. I remember rubbing her feet, the mm. mas- massaging the shoulders at times just to kind of allow her to calm down. And my mom was definitely not a touchy-feely woman. <laughs> but I knew she was in pain and I knew she wasn't feeling well when she allowed us to do those things. So we encouraged the kids to do that, to, to massage, to sit down and talk to the parents, write letters, sing songs to them, mm. you know. But when they're open, when the parents are open to the kids and the kids are open to the parents, it just makes for a better situation. It allows everyone to be able to deal with it. Hey, we got a lot of guys in North Carolina, South Carolina, so I, w- I want to get down there. And if I have a chance, I'd love to come meet some of your people uh, with the kids can and all the stuff you got going on down there. And we could c- talk about this cancer stuff all day and maybe someday we will. But a- as a Patriots fan, <laughs> he's got to get back to the football. I have to go I have to go fanboy for a while here because you were really, really scary um, <laughs> as a Patriots fan, like you and Isaac and Kurt, like it was kind of terrifying. Um, so, so the greatest show on turf, right? I mean, that offense, do you think that was the best offense of all time? Absolutely. No <laughs> question. Hands down, the best offense in NFL history. And you mentioned the Patriots, you know, and they were scared too, because they would rush two people and drop nine. <laughs> and Ty Law's back there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I would say that the greatest show on turf offense is one of the greatest offenses in, in NFL history, if not the best. <laughs> so we don't have time for the full gauntlet of random questions, but I'm just going to ask you one final question. This is pretty critical right here because we have about 750 guys in, in our wolf pack in yeah. the Man Up to Cancer group, and we are split about 50-50 on this question. So I'm just going to ask you straight up, Tori Holt, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? No. Oh, you and you're now Trevor's best Bam. friend for life. Absolutely <laughs> we not. love you, Tori Holt. You are the man. Yes, absolutely not. I, I, I don't. Our babysitter when we were in St. Louis, <laughs> she loved pizza. With, that was the first time I saw someone eat pineapples on pizza. I said, "What are you doing? Why are you messing up the pizza? What are you doing?" I didn't get it, but uh, no, absolutely this is, not. This is the best day of my year so far. Thank you, Tori Holt. <laughs> Um, and thank you so much for everything that you and your family are doing. The foundation, amazing, amazing work. I hope to catch up with you again uh, in the future when we can get an update, uh, maybe in the spring to see what you're doing for 2021. Thank you so much. Thank you very Absolutely. much. Thank, thank you, Trevor. Thank you, Kellen. And man up to cancer. Man it's up. a great platform. Glad that you're, um, you know, you're getting the word out. And thanks for allowing me to come on and, and share share my story. And go pack. <laughs> go pack. Love it. Thank you. Thanks. Take care, Kellen. Take care, Trevor. Thanks for listening to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. If you want to get behind our mission, you can connect with us, subscribe to our email list, and check out our other content at manuptocancer.com. And if you know a man struggling with the isolation that cancer can bring, let him know about us. The Wolfpack doors are always open. Hold up. 